Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes. Ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. On a beautiful summer, well, it's not quite summer, but sure, it certainly feels like it. We expect highs today near 90 we're at 78 right now. We're in the midst of our uh, the beginnings, anyway, of our real estate show. If you have any kind of a real estate-related question, by all means, send it to us by text 81807, or certainly you can call it in, 651-989-9226. Chris and Andy here uh, in studio. I haven't seen you guys because I was on uh, on the go. Yeah, you I was, on, what did they say, on assignment last week. A couple week. days of recovery from feeling guilty with, for uh, not taking us with you. Yeah, you guys would have had a good time. I don't know how many food trucks were there, but yeah. nine. Um, but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, we, we heard all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but th- thanks to Steve Thompson for for covering back here while we were on the go. Uh, what's happened in the week since now, real estate wise? Much? Have you guys been Are working? You working, kinda, Andy? Or kind of taking it easy? <clears throat> no, yeah, I, no, I was not taking it easy. But I was, uh, yeah, no, it was a busy week. We uh, with uh, some new listings we had, we brought on the market. A couple of them under 200, of course, you can imagine feeding frenzies on oh, those yeah. houses. And um, But what's interesting, too, is that we've also brought on some that are over a million now. So it's like it'll be interesting to see what that end of the market is doing here. You know, so it's uh, it's definitely, you know, there's, there's people looking. But, man, you get into that summertime kind of uh, crunch, you know, where people are out doing vacations and there's a last minute, you know, graduation parties and all the sports. But, you know, the other thing that um, we brought Travis Whitford along with us again today to talk mortgages because mortgages this week, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but actually mortgage interest rates went down again, which makes those payments even more attractive. I mean, they're under 4%. So it's well, pretty- did, you, did you think that was going to happen? No, no. I didn't. No. I mean, I don't know, for the listeners out there that were listening back last fall, I know we talked about all the projections, all the, you know, the big economists and everybody that the, the anticipated rate for this year was supposed to be close to five, you mm-hmm. know, and are approaching five or low fives. And, you know, here we are back under four. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then, the, I mean, there's some speculation that the feds are going to reduce it based on what the jobs report was. Mm-hmm. And then the stock market kind of went up because of them anticipating that the rates are going to go down. They yeah. think here in June still. Yeah. Whenever they meet next, there's it could be a couple a uh, couple reductions of uh, rates here this year, but 
you know, a lot of the, a lot of the issues there, what, what, like, what's the cause of this? You know, um, there's, you know, there's, it's impossible to pinpoint one exact cause, but there's a little, some of everything, like you said, the job report, um, came in way low. I think it was anticipated to be about 185,000 new jobs, uh, to, to open up this last month. And it was like 75. So that's a, that's a huge miss. You know, we got all the trade tensions and just overall fears of, uh, some global economic slowdowns coming up here in the next year or so. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, also on that, I heard on that, that whole jobs thing that there's a lot of retail jobs going, which is totally making sense. I mean, really, um, from, a, an Amazon or online kind of perspective and kind of sad in a way, you know, because, uh, that does, I think that does make a difference. I mean, if we flip mm-hmm. this back kind of into the real estate and the property values and stuff and that, crazy article that Andy brought last week that said grocery stores were the most important thing. But I got so many comments on that from people. They're like, yeah, no, I think your grocery store is good. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just don't know what I'm talking about. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's other factors. And, you know, Andy, you were talking about early kind of uh, the market and what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. But it it's so cyclical in mm-hmm. these price segments. It's crazy. I mean, there's well, some well, price I ranges think... that just don't get – I mean, that yeah. are real dead. We did a big – um, kind of a big call this week uh, right. with a lot of people that were listing houses in all of our price segments that we have, and we have them anywhere from two hundred thousand to you know one point five million, and just trying to see what segments were working and exactly what we were seeing on our listings is what's happening out there. You know, and I think too though that the market we we thrive on you know the extremes and the the, the drama of the market must be doing something wrong or the market's doing something great. It's a normal market right now, it feels like it. I mean, you know, there's all these things that we try to, you know, there's a reason for every. Sometimes it's just people go on summer vacation this time of the year, have already bought if they want to buy, and are waiting again, you know. And, and so lower interest rates might stimulate some people to come back into the market where they normally this time of year would have maybe pushed it off to the fall. But it's it, the idea there is that it's – we were – I got a great example where they said someone, if you're used to driving through, let's say you're coming from North Dakota back to the cities, and in North Dakota you're driving – the 85 miles an hour or whatever the speed limit is there. And all of a sudden you get into the, the cities here and you slow down to 65 miles an hour. And it feels like you're crawling, you know, and they say that's what's happening when you transition into a normal market is that it just, it feels like what's going wrong. Why are we going so slow? You know, things are slow and it's actually the speed you're supposed to be going. And it's, it's just that we're used to going faster. So it's, right. you know. And that's the other thing too. I think outside sources kind of fuel these people because they hear, Oh my gosh, the market's great and everything's happening. But there is segments that that aren't going as fast, but it's also one of those things that if you, if you're looking in that, and let's just say we're, uh, you know, in that six to seven hundred thousand dollar price range, mm-hmm. and uh, first thing you got to identify is what else is selling because if other things are selling and you're not, mm-hmm. well then then there's a, probably a problem. You know, we have to you have to adjust something, but if if the whole that whole range is really slow. You know, it's kind of one of those things that you got to either you got to just hang on, hold tight, mm-hmm. or you got to adjust to try to get out of that segment and get into one that's uh, selling, and that's called reducing your price. Right. Well, you know, in positioning, I know Chris, you're kind of jumping around the subject, but it's really positioning yourself in a marketplace. When you go in there and you look at your competition, you list your house. If you're priced right and you outfox everybody else, you sell first and you boom, and all the other guys are, and gals are still sitting there. On the other hand, let's say that you list and you get very few showings or no showings, and all of a sudden you see the other houses that were around you used as comparison selling, you're an example of what's overpriced or underconditioned or not ready for market, and so they use you as an ex- a reason why to go after another property. 
So it actually can be to your detriment to list a house overpriced right now because there's people that still want to sell their houses. I would suggest be fair, but put a little extra on the house. You know, do the extra little touches, the fresh bouquet of flowers, the whatever, just to make you have that competitive edge. So when you're when people go through three houses, yours was the one that was the nicest, and it's you know, right. goes a long ways. No, it's, it's very true that this this whole market. I mean, it's fickle in that way, and um, it, it's really front ended too. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, you know, because people are coming, they're excited, you know, and then they're they're looking at it, and it's like, oh yes, oh it's great, let's let's attack, mm-hmm. or it's like, you know, gosh, it's nice, but let's wait, maybe next week, two more will come on. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot in the lake community that, that people sure. sit and, and wait and they think it's going to come on. Then all of a sudden it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we got to react. And then we grab the other one. So, I right. mean, there's, there's sometimes don't, don't get all crazy and, and scared and, you know, and start reducing and giving it away because well, you we, can make money. How many times have you had those, uh, that client that, you know, wants to wait that couple extra weeks for something else to come up and then somebody else scoops up the property that, mm-hmm. that they wanted. How many, how many, do you see that or, a lot? Or yeah. Or how many times do you wait that couple extra weeks and the interest rates shoot up and that house that you would have gotten, you know, was, I mean, it's crazy yeah, no, or, it's, or no, it goes down a lot, yeah. lot less affordable. Well, yeah, the old totally. phrase of we live in the payment, not the price is so absolutely accurate right now. I mean, cause it's that, that the payments are, Less for the same house. You can get that extra bedroom or whatever for the same price you paid for one less bedroom last year, which is kind of nice. Yeah. All right, tell you what, let's uh, take our usual break here, inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a real estate question, by all means, call us at 651-989-9226, or if it's easier, send the guys a text, 81807. We'll get back to the real estate show in a moment. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to the Real Estate Show. Chris and Andy and Travis in studio. If you have any kind of a related question, call us or text us, 651-989-9226. And again, if it's easier, send a text at 81807. Chris and Andy, what are we going to talk about? Here? I think marketing um, different types of properties, hmm. meaning hmm. Um, what maybe unique type properties that have different things that I'm going to, I'm going to throw a few like things, but we have not talked like about this custom. at all prior. To, uh, that's, that's my one thing. Well, so that's I'm, all right. Yeah. So I'm going to tell uh, Mr. Andy, um, we're going to, we're going to kind of talk marketing here. So um, how about uh, when we're talking uh, unique type properties and there's mm-hmm. all different types of things. I think um, I have, I have a few of them. Um, let's talk about one. It's uh, it would be in a Southern suburb. Um, that is, it's an older house, more of a classic kind of a old Victorian type look. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has dual zoning, so it would be single family and or uh, business. You could rent it out. You could have a business on the main floor, you know. So it's real close mm-hmm. to town. So there's some industrial stuff around it as well. Um, but from and, and it's in a price range, you know, two twenty two twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So it's in a price range that you know. Should be like wow, you know, as a first time home buyer or something, maybe grab, but yet, where's the better value? Value, yeah. Or, or well, I would. Who's going to pay the most? Anytime you can make money, I think if you could have the zoning where it would allow you to do this. But this is why I'm glad Travis is here because a guy like Travis could answer this question better than I can. You know, when you finance it, Travis, you got to get your real estate license. I yeah, guess. no, 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 oh. um, no. From a fi- <laughs> thing, not everybody can walk around with cash like you do, Rooney. They uh, <laughs> some people have to finance their homes. Hundred bucks. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the, those of us that have to finance homes, um, 
you know, you go to a guy like Travis first and you ask Travis, you say, listen, can I even get financing for a property that's half commercial, half residential? Because it's not normal. It doesn't fit into an average normal bucket. So, so that's part it, of the marketing, being right. able to tell people because I think people would be confused. Hey, if, if I even can do that. Right. Can, can I buy a house and then have half of a business from a mortgage perspective? Can I, you? I think you're going to have challenges getting a conventional loan when there's when it's dual zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, without I don't think the zoning piece isn't going to be. It's like what is actually there. You know, like yeah. what, it's it's a what, it's a it's a house. It's a total well, house. So you would think it's a house, but it has zoning, so you could run a business out of it. So maybe yeah. Andy wanted to run his accounting we, business out of the main I, floor and live he, upstairs. This was man probably five years or more ago, I did one out in a Western um, small town and it was where they had a builder had a remodeling company in the front and then they actually had their living quarters in the back. You see it all the time with those like log yeah. homes along the freeways too, you know, or whatever. A lot of small towns have that. Yeah. Yep. Generally you need to have a local bank. We had to go to the local, I think we used Klein at the time that was out there that had a local branch and they understood what the product was. And so they would finance something like that versus a big Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. They don't have a bucket that that can, you know, be put into. So, they don't understand it. So where I'm going, Chris, is this, is maybe as, as an investment property, you buy it as a single family home, you finance it with 3.5% or 5% down. And then in the future, you know, if you decide, you can maybe make some different choices when you sell it or whatever to market it differently. But it's yeah. probably the lowest cost way to get into it is as a single family home. Yeah. But how about as far as going after people or, or doing it? I know nowadays we have more options than we used to have. Mm-hmm. It used to be, hey, just put on the MLS, then maybe you can put an ad in the paper. Now you actually have the ability to take one property and maybe completely flip it around and attack different people. So like Facebook, you know, we're going after certain people and you can kind of pick demographics. But maybe um, taking that and saying, hey, we're going total the route of home business. And then the other one is, hey, it's in town, downtown living, Mm -hmm. you know, that you have. And then maybe there's another way in which you could market it. Uh, kind of both ways, right. and then go after those targeted. Well, people. even the third market would be for the buyer that would buy it as a uh, you know a rent complete rental property as an investment, where they would rent out the back to somebody that wants to live there. You rent out the front to somebody that wants to run a business out the front with the traffic on the front or whatever. And so, there's a lot of different avenues you could take. That's actually kind of exciting. You know, when I look at something like that, to give you that many different alternatives to market to, so you're not just falling flat. Like, let's say that. It's too busy. We have kids. We don't want to live on this busy of a road, so you have a hard time selling it to the single-family buyer. But on the other hand, you have local businesses that are you know, looking for something with that kind of traffic counts. And so it might work out kind of slick having two forms of revenue coming in. Yeah, exactly. Or like you said, like a home business. And maybe mm-hmm. you never even thought of that and your kids are going to stay home and maybe it turns into a, a daycare. Sure. Or, you know, so a lot, a lot of different fun things. How about like an architecturally uh, different house? And, and I – Maybe not different, but maybe a lot more contemporary. Okay. What do you do? Pray. No, <laughs> no. no you know, what's funny is that there are buyers, just like with Lakeshore, you were referencing earlier, you know, there's the buyer that's out there that's looking for something different, and they sit and wait sometimes for years. Let's say they want to, you know, have another house in a certain school district, and contemporary is very expensive in a new construction perspective, and to build, it's very so those of us that know that would say, hey, I'd be better off buying a house that's already, you know, done with that flair and then, you know, updating it a little bit myself, saving thousands of dollars. And so I think there's an audience for that because, I mean, I mean. Do you, do you yeah. take the, um, you know, what that style was meant to be? Because a lot of those contemporary things, mm-hmm. I mean, shine the whole way through. They don't do just a contemporary outside and then put, right. you know, um, 
Magnolia, uh, Chip and Joanna stuff inside. You know, there's right. certain things that that go with it. If you have one that, hey, it, it definitely needs some updating, would you stay with the same? Would you recommend staying with that same character or, hey, mm-hmm. let's flip it to a whole never? Boy, that's an interesting yeah. question because, you know, you look at like traditional real estate stock and you'll say, I just had this conversation with my wife the other night. We were talking about our house and we say, oh, let's finish the basement. And then we went across the street and our neighbors uh, just finished their basement and they did it so cool. It was like the they have yellow cabinets and they have barn wood behind it. Like it's real just, retro. Yeah. And then yeah. they had a theater room with, you know, the, the um, uh, what do you call it, fiber optic like stars twinkling in the ceiling. And I mean, just. And so I, of course, get all excited and come home and start drawing up my plans again. And we're like, what do you do? Do you match the upstairs, which a lot of people, I think. Loan you know, opportunity, Travis. There <laughs> yeah, go. I am going in debt, sir. I, yeah, Catch anytime, every yeah. No, but, you know, but anyway, long story short is I don't think you have to have the basement match the upstairs necessarily. But when you're in that category of style, I almost feel like you would need to. Like, I don't think you could get away with having a contemporary upstairs with all the cool, sleek furniture and then go downstairs and have shabby chic in the basement. I just don't think it. I don't know because I think the most the people that will pay the most that they they want that style. Correct. You know, and that I think you have to stay with that. But you made a great great point is that building something that's contemporary, mm-hmm. um, unique design costs a lot of money to build. Big time. You know, but yet when you go to sell it, there's real value on that because what's happened is that the market dwindles down to what people want that. All right, I tell you what, let's take our usual break here. We have another half hour of the show to go. And welcome back to the Real Estate Show here in CCO. Around every Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour, always welcoming your questions, your real estate-related questions, either by phone or by text. And before I throw it back to Chris and Andy and Travis, let me give you the phone number, 651-989-9226. In the meantime, send a text if you like, 81807. Chris and Andy? So we were talking about marketing quote unquote different properties. Um, maybe unique or something zoning wise and stuff like that. And Andy was talking about a basement and kind of uh, kind of on that same line. Um, I think there's a lot of times like when you go to that um, route of yeah. of doing those really unique things, mm-hmm. what can happen on that is it can start justifying other things that weren't so great that you really can't change. So maybe it put them maybe they're in the five hundred thousand dollar price range. You know? And they finished that basement, and I'm sure that basement wasn't inexpensive, you know. And in by by doing that, it maybe said, "Hey, maybe they have three bedrooms upstairs." And all of a sudden, it makes it like, you know what? Gosh, I know there's only three bedrooms upstairs, but look at that 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 theater room that we're mm-hmm. going to have. And yeah. I mean, we can learn the constellations, and we can. And they start justifying, you know, where gosh, three kids up there. Well, we can always put one in the in the lower level, or you know what, two For kids sure. can share that. And so, though they maybe you think like, wow, they went. I mean, it was awesome, and it, it went crazy. But that it could overcome the rest of their house. Right. I don't know this house, but I'm just saying that it, it could overcome that to be able to make this super unique. So, Because I, I think a lot of people get scared about spending money in that basement because sometimes there's not a ton of difference, you know. Well, Travis and I talked about that on the break a little bit. We were saying how, you know, you can, let's say you spend 100000 125000 which is, you know, it sounds like a ton of money, but in today's world, that's people spend. I mean, I'd say, you know, the, the the days of us thinking, oh, I can finish my basement for ten grand myself. Go look at doors. Just for an example, doors can be twelve hundred dollars for one door. I mean, it's ridiculous what you know things cost nowadays. So it's like cabinets and you know twelve thousand for cabinets and just for a little bar. It's but anyway, I mean everybody deserves what they charge. I'm sure. But um, the the idea there is is that it's expensive. And so you know when when Travis and I were talking, it was 
you put that, you know, $100,000 into your basement, what does that give you for an ROI on the house? Does it bring your house up 100000 And And the answer a lot of times, unfortunately, is probably not. But now it made your house so desirable because they want your house, so they're willing to buy your house at a fair price, but they're not going to pay a hundred grand more for that basement. Yeah. And that was my point: is maybe this is, yeah. hey, it cost a hundred, and maybe there's a fifty percent ROI, so they're right. going to make fifty thousand. Yep. But by doing what you did in that basement, it might be eighty thousand because you justified upstairs. Right. You know what I'm saying? So some people can say blanket statements. We get those calls all the time. Hey, should I put in new carpet? Well, what do your right. countertops look like, and what do your cabinets, and how does your bathroom look? Because how does it, it all depends. Come together? Yeah. And so that it might be able to justify being able to get it a lot higher. Mm-hmm. But how about how, how a way in which to be able to get that money out? Because I mean, if it's a hundred thousand, I mean, with today's interest rates, that's under five hundred bucks a month. And if you look at mm-hmm. it that way, that my gosh, look at what I've got for a basement. And right. We're going to enjoy it. I'm going to go out less to eat, maybe because we're going to hang out and do movie time here. I mean, it's really not that much. Yeah. I with mean, refinance rates, yeah, right now. Cash out refinance is a you know great opportunity to look at that. Um, you know, granted, everything is going to be dependent upon the current value of your home to dictate how much you can get access to. But, you know, maybe it's a combination of, you know, savings and, uh, you know, combination of getting a new loan and, and, you know, not having a large increased payment, like you said, I mean, you know, a hundred thousand for, you know, less than 500 bucks, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, car payment. So how do they do the appraisal? They base it on the finished or, I mean, because I, I need the money to pay the person now. Well, how do we do it? yeah. So, I mean, the appraisal would be, depends on how you kind of structure your loan. If you're doing it as, you know, just a normal cash out refinance, it would be what's the value of the house right now mm-hmm. prior to, you know, the the prior to the basement being done. But there also are loan programs out there where you can, you know, do, you know, uh, construction type financing, which will take into consideration that future value. Um, and then, and then the house is appraised based upon completion of that. And then you can use that sort of value to get the, to get the funds to, um, to do your improvements. So it all depends on how much, how much equity you have in your house, so to say, and, you know, you know structure it. Yeah. Cause you might have just with the current appraisal and everything. I mean, maybe your house worth 500,000 right now, you only owe 200,000. And you need 150 out of that. You can just cash out, refinance, yeah. and have the money to pay for that person. Right. You don't need that extra equity to be able to get. Yeah, and it's a lot. That's a lot easier loan transaction too, as opposed to doing you know one of those uh, construction type loans um, or a future value future value loans. Not that they're difficult. They're just more complex and. And, uh, you know, it's a, if you have enough equity in your house to just do a straight cash out refinance, there's nothing easier or better to and do. And wouldn't you think, like, on a future appraisal, you'd get less money for it than actually if they saw it? What do you think? Boy, or do I don't you know. think they go by – do you think they take more of the actual cost in in their assessment of the home? That's a good question. My guess is I don't think they take into consideration the exact costs. It's just what's the end result mm-hmm. going to look like and be, and what how's that going to be done compared to other right. houses that have you know the similar. Well, type and you of, know, just because you know, of that challenge, you guys, you do know that the like new construction, for an example, when they build a house, they have different rules, you know, for the you know or the overlays or whatever you want to call it for the appraisers when they go out to actually finance that house. Sometimes they can go out up to five miles seeking out another new house, knowing that new houses are a little bit higher than the existing houses. But once you're built and you're a couple years old, they can't do that anymore. So now you're at the mercy of what's around you. And so there are times where people do build themselves onto an island where they can't get comparables. They can't, you know, they're almost stuck even with resale 
And it's it's something you have to be careful of because even though you want all those amenities and that certain amount of square footage and all of a sudden you put yourself $200,000 above anybody else in that neighborhood, odds are if you want to sell right now, you might have to take a $200,000 clip to get it sold. But Yeah, it's like that whole whole saying, you know, you never want to be the biggest and best house in the neighborhood because true. it's just, you know, so much harder to harder for, to sell it. For financing, but I'll tell you what, I've run into people that don't mind being the biggest and the, and the best in there too, you know, but not what? Rooney. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, um, see, now he throws me off again. So No, it's but, no well, you're right, though. I mean, I, we understand For some that. people, yeah. But, I mean, for financing, yeah, it's not a yeah. good thing because you, you, you're not going to be able to justify it. And, but and, usually that buyer that you're talking about probably doesn't use financing. I mean, usually that big successful person that has that, you know, big win in their life that they also decide that they're going to do what they want to do no matter what. They usually have the windfall to come with it. They can pay that's, the cash. That's how the appraisals get better at, in the upper bracket market. Right. Once some people start paying cash, then they start. Okay, now we have a sale to justify it. Yeah. Otherwise, the banks can't justify. So how it many? You know, I've heard this too, uh, where they will sometimes throw out a cash deal because they go, "Well, that doesn't that doesn't relate to us." I've seen it where they've thrown cash um, closings out of the appraisals. Why would they do so that, Travis? Silly. I I, I personally, I don't think I've ever really seen that. I mean, mm. if there's a sold comp, whether they paid cash for it or you know got a mortgage, I mean, it's it's the, the well, appraisers are looking at. I, I think that. Well, I'll give you that. I'll just okay. tell you, instead of making yes, the appraiser said that they had that 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 house was sold with no rules, and I said, so isn't that the true market? The market showing what that house is worth by somebody paying cash crazy. for it? Who's this appraiser? I gotta get it. Yeah. He's on my panel. Yeah, I gotta get is. him off. No, not no. no. <laughs> He's texting in right now. No, but. Anyways, that I'll tell you that is so wrong to me right. because I mean a house is worth I mean market values a house is what what a seller is willing to sell for it and a buyer is willing to buy. Now if it's a you know hey it's my you you buying a house from me to be able to get me out of it and then mm-hmm. maybe sell it and get a loss or something that makes sense. But if right. it's you know if if it's a well the, arms length transaction the, it's fine. And, and no offense but I mean sometimes the bankers obviously have different rules to follow than right. we do because they want to say hey. Even though you're willing to stick your neck out, we're not. And so here's the rules that we can live within to provide financing for you, even though you're riskier than we are. Yeah. I was going to do I don't got to take a break, but I want you to think about this during the break, Mr. Oh. Prasky. So you have a house in, in a neighborhood. Maybe it's a, a new construction neighborhood. Um, and, you know, there's different types of places that are built in there. And maybe there was one that has the bigger foundation and maybe an extra office on the main floor. And they got a fourth bedroom upstairs mm-hmm. versus and they didn't finish the basement. OK. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that's a couple down, maybe a little smaller foundation. It was less in which to build, but they finished the basement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to market an unfinished basement through a finished basement in the same neighborhood. How do we price them? Mm. You think about that as we <laughs> take a break. Andy's got to think about it. Stay right. tuned. All right, <laughs> cliffhanger. All right, we'll uh, take this break. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO 651-989-9226. Or uh, send a text, 81807. Here again, Chris, Andy, and Travis. It's funny. as Andy, right before we went on, he goes, do you, think, do you guys think I'm crazy? And it, it just reminded me of uh, <laughs> someone this week. I was in downtown Excelsior hanging out there. They're asking me, they go, what is that Andy like? They all want to know what is he like. What does he look like? And it was just kind of funny. So I, I usually some, get the. You're it was a long. We thought it, you'd be. It was about an hour later. I finished talking yeah. about what what he's like. But uh, <laughs> let's just say he's one of a kind. There's no doubt about it. 
All right. So you took you got your little three minutes to think about my my situation. Here, I didn't but, have to wait three minutes. I was ready. All right, but we're basically um, marketing a house that has an unfinished basement versus one that has a finished uh, basement, and probably kind of around that same price. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you justify that to maybe a potential purchaser? So if you can, let me give you a, a picture to imagine. So if you have a house that is shaped like a pyramid going up, right, where it has a wide foundation. Main floor is smaller, even the bedrooms are even smaller yet. That's a very expensive home to build. If you flip it over on its head where the, the big part's on the top and the small part's on the bottom, which is new construction, if you look at a lot of the bigger national builders, smaller foundations. This was part of my hour explanation about who Andy is. <laughs> I've never heard this discussed like this. Well, this is good. Well, I need, you, we know you need Keep pictures. Going. Keep so, going. Um, anyway, so the, the idea there is – you have this upside-down pyramid, right? And so the idea there is, is that the upper square footage, you've already paid for the roof, you've already paid for the foundation. We go over the top of the garage, we go over top of whatever, we can build more cost-efficiently, right? Um, when you have a bigger foundation, so like for an example, when somebody says, hey, you know, I have a 5,000-square-foot house with the basement finished and the neighbor's only at 3,800, I look at the foundation and then when I'm doing my comparables, I look for similar sized foundations, even on a two-story or whatever, because that's where the value comes in from a replacement perspective. Then I adjust for above-ground square footage, and I also make an adjustment for below-ground square footage. Even though in an appraisal, they generally don't put a value on that, I'll still use like an uh, um, uh, 30, anywhere from 20 to $30 a square foot for a basement, even though you paid probably 80 75 to 100 to get it finished um, in most cases. That's what I use to make the adjustments. And then I'll also add, like, if they have an extra bedroom or a bathroom, I'll make an adjustment. So by the time I'm done, I'm really close to a, it's a different way to get there, but it's almost yeah. like an appraiser's same way to get there. As yeah, just to add in there, I mean, obviously the features are, have to be comparable right. in each home to be able to do that because some, I mean, and you know, yeah. dealing with construction, and me too, dealing with construction all the time, I mean, you can be $200 a square foot and you can be 350 Right. You know, based on, you talked about doors. Yeah. I mean, just doors alone. You might, $1,200 for a slab versus right. 100 Right. You know, so the, the uh, doorknobs. I mean, we well, had our last model, $300 doorknobs. Well, and that's why sometimes you'll, you'll say, well, why, geez, why did that house close at 650000 when all the other houses in the neighborhood sold at four eighty? Yeah. And that could be the case where the foundation is just that much bigger. They have a big main floor. They have big upstairs to match it. And so that's where the cost comes into a house like that. And then, you know, the house that actually has all the square footage upstairs, like over top of the garage with the bonus rooms and everything else. And remember, bonus rooms are the cheapest room you can build, especially over a garage with just, you know, studs and sheetrock and carpet. I mean, it's it, there's not, you know, the trim. There's not all the extra doors. There's not all the extra cabinets, lighting. It's usually a couple big can lights in your set. So, anyway. So, we, what we've done is you've determined kind of how to price it, but now how do we sell that to a potential purchaser and, and convince them that, hey, an unfinished basement is a better value than a finished basement right well, down the street. Or how do, you, how do you justify this? When you go to some of those houses, like I'm talking about, the upside-down pyramids, and you go into the basement, you're like, I don't think I could fit a, even a, a bedroom and a bathroom and a family room down here. It's so small. You know, so it's they under can't visualize. Feet. They can't visualize it. Mm-hmm. In that case, I'd have that basement finished. You know, now if you or, have a 1,500, 2,000-square-foot uh, basement that's going to cost you a ton to finish, you may let that be somebody else's vision and sell your house for less. Yeah, and there's some alternatives, too, like in an unfinished basement, is to be, ta- tape it off. Yep. You know, and, and so – just kind of because most people can't visualize, but just to give them a, oh, that's where the bathroom goes mm-hmm. and that's how that works. And, oh, you could put a bedroom off of here yeah. and then they can kind of see it. But yet don't um, don't determine what they want. 
You know right. what I mean? Because that, right. that is a big thing. So there might be some examples of what there is, but you got to let, I mean, I think that's a lot of people's big mistake when they're marketing their home or what they think. It's what they like. Yep. And what you want, it, not necessarily every buyer is just going to like that. They right. might like something else. And so obviously you can highlight that, but it's not, you know, hey, we're in this school district and that's right. why this house is so great. And the person that's buying it's you know, kids are gone and they don't care about a school. Well, and this is, this is where people say, oh, there's an app for that. Everything we just talked about, an app can't even quantify. I mean, it's like there's no way to put that into that system and have it justify what we're saying. That's the the complexity of real estate is that it can't be app-based unless everybody lives in the same 900-square-foot house with the same bedrooms and the same bathrooms where they're a commodity, then apps would work great. But anyway. Have you ever done virtual staging? I have not. Uh, I you, haven't had to. You know what? I never wanted to. I, right. Just because I think it confuses someone when they come over there. You know, all of a sudden yeah. they see this online and they're expecting, oh, my gosh, here it is. And then they oh, my gosh, what happened? Yeah. You know, nothing's here. But <laughs> I, already virtual get at, I already get yelled at sometimes the way it is because the, the photography crew that we use is so good. Yeah. They take these pictures and the house looks like super amazing. And then people get there and go, is this the same house? And I'm like, yeah. it's amazing what an HDR camera can do. Yeah. Artificially fills in, you know, or it actually undershoots and overshoots, I think, the exposures and fills it in naturally so that it gives it the best view. Yeah. Well, it takes – a bunch of different pictures and puts them all together. Correct. So, you know, when you take a picture and you focus on that microphone, you know, it's that window is going to be, you know, foggy. Right. But this one, you're going to see the outside too. And so everything's vivid. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 really neat. Um, okay, so we talked obviously um, about um, refinancing as well, talking about finishing stuff, but there's a lot of other reasons people refinance and yeah, yeah outside of the obvious of just trying to you know reduce your rate and save some money i mean there's there's a lot of other angles to look at a lot of people like to shorten the term of their mortgage you know they're not really they've been in their house a few years they're sick of this 30-year loan want to mm-hmm. do a you know 15 or a 20-year um a lot of times uh re- re- i've seen that yeah removing mortgage insurance is a big thing especially people that bought their house here in the last uh, probably two three years be be surprised on uh, probably what their current value is you know, to refinance, to remove the mortgage insurance, and most likely also get a better rate at the same time. You know, then we talked about the whole cash out stuff too for home improvements, um, debt consolidation, or you know, even to pull money out to buy that cabin or investment. And thanks property. to Chris, my uh, my good client uh, and friend Mike from up in Andover, did send me a text and confirmed that I am nuts. Yes, according no, to his text, it's, it's it's true. And yeah. I think Andy, you have something else to say about me and my my skills, my construction skills. Or did you forget about it already? I forgot about it, buddy. Sorry. The dock. Oh, yeah. you should see Chris's nice level straight dock that he installed this week. It's actually very impressive on Instagram. Actually, I've showed everyone here pictures of it. That's very unusual for me to be able to do that, just saying. That, but though, I'll be honest with you, I'll plug flow a little bit. They make that dock system pretty easy to roll in, and it's straight. We have two systems like that, and they're nice, you really just, nice. You kind of connect this each – to each other. It's much harder than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it does kind of just connect. <laughs> and then you <laughs> fall into place. You so throw you a level on it. it yeah. you, you have a, yeah. a bolt was on the top that levels it, and it's it's awesome. But it was, no, you, it looked really nice. Good job. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Very good. Thank you very much. You could hire yourself out to do that. I know. Are you going to set up yeah. another business? Doc do business. They can go to andyandrooney.com. One That's minute a, to go in this show, guys. Any final thoughts? or uh, Where do they find you, Mr. Yeah, Travis. TravisMNLoans.com. And Ben Loans, great time to refinance. Check yeah. it out. Mr. Take advantage of the local Yeah, loans. I think you'd be surprised, uh, especially the people that bought in the last, you know, two, three years, uh, you know, what kind of savings you could potentially have. Hmm. Any open houses for Father's Day next weekend? 
Oh, geez. Not this week. Next week. We, we usually don't decide until like um, well, Wednesday, Thursday, but we do have multiple open houses. We got one. Yeah. Yeah, a couple we of really nice on the, based on the market need. I mean, unfortunately for us, sometimes our Father's Days are on Mondays. You know, yeah. we, have to, we have to push oh, them and sure. reschedule yeah. and do some yeah. office stuff instead. But yeah. it, that's okay. But Father's Day is not a bad day to have open houses. Or Mother's, Mother's day, day. Well, we always sell I, a house. We haven't had much, do you? Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we got to head out of here. We'll talk to you guys, and we'll see you next uh, Saturday, one week from today, here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.